What you're about to listen to was actually recorded several months ago and was intended to be the first episode of the series. However, we decided to hold it off until now in order to properly celebrate the 34th anniversary of Jaws 4, better known as Jaws the Revenge, which came out 34 years ago today on July 17th, 1987. Please enjoy. On this episode of Obscure Obsessions... You know why he died of a heart attack? Because he made all that fettuccine. <laughs> That's why he died. Mid-sentence, he just starts to run, and he runs away from his wife. Like, they're all names for sandwiches. They're not names for Michael Caine. Yeah, this is an Oscar-winning actor. You know, uh, I've always wanted to make love to an angry uh, <laughs> welder. It looks like a whale turd. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. And now, here are your hosts. I'm Nick Sicario. And I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Zaccario, and this is Obscure Obsessions. It's the show where we chat about all the obscure movies, TV, and pop culture that you didn't even know that you cared about. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Jaws the Revenge. Taylor, would you like to introduce this wonderful masterpiece? No, I would not. Uh, when we were t- <laughs> when we first were coming up with ideas, I think, for the show... Jaws 4 was definitely at the top yes. of the list because it is a wonderfully awful movie. Because Jaws 4, not only did it kill the franchise of Jaws, but it led to various uh, nasty comments from various people, who, among them were Roger Ebert, who I think actually said something like, uh, it's not only a bad movie, it's a stupid movie. Stupid is being too kind, quite honestly. We both watched this movie just the other night. And I think that there's no way to talk about this movie properly without getting into spoilers. Yeah, um, there's really no way. I can't think of any way. Now, do you have to have seen Jaws 1, 2, or 3 to enjoy this movie? You definitely need to have seen at least Jaws 1. Yeah. Just to give a quick rundown, this movie takes place like 11 years or so after the first movie. Right. And another shark, because by this point we've had two other shark attacks well, on right. top of... There's been a total of three shark Three shark attacks. attacks. Comes to Amity and some people get killed, but this shark has got a thirst for vengeance. This shark has a, a taste for Brody's. Yeah, it, that's pretty much the long and skinny of what you need to know about Jaws 4. Right. But we're going to actually probably end up spoiling all of this movie. I guess we should also just quickly say whether we think that you should watch this or not. I think so. I think it's worth <laughs> at least one watch because this movie's insane. But the other thing is there's something kind of awfully wonderful it's like when you go to taco bell and you get um what's that thing that i like at taco the uh, uh, uh crunch wrap supreme no the uh cheesy gordita crunch cheesy gordita crunch you yeah. eat it and you know it's not going to be good for you you know no. you're going to have a horrible experience on the old bowl later on <laughs> but you enjoy it anyways and jaws 4 is the cheesy gordita crunch of jaws of, of any of shark any movie. shark attack series it is a wonderfully egregious masterpiece of garbage because if i had to summarize it real quick mrs brody the wife of chief brody from the first two films thinks that a shark is hunting and killing her family it turns out she's right she's actually right about that so a little background is that i I actually think is kind of interesting and gives some idea about why first of all the acting is cringy it's very cringy the special effects is I could right now with this piece of, what do you call this? Napkin? This napkin I could do more with than they did <laughs> with what they did in the movie. It feels like a bad TV movie. It's got a very cheap look and feel to it overall. It just, and 
I guess the thing that is the most frustrating right off the bat. Yeah. One of the things that makes the original movie so great is that there's actual tension. There's suspense. You feel <sighs> like characters might die and right. you do care about those characters. <clears throat> but also there's like legitimate moments of kind of terror and fear. There's no suspense. Yeah. There's no nothing of interest to... The, nothing to hook you about I wonder what might be happening because you're walking into Jaws 4 and the other thing that I noticed watching it this time is that the movie begins in Amity right at Christmas Jaws movies should not take place at Christmas why and that actually was a point too I wanted to talk yeah. about because it's weird for a, a sort of summer beach movie right. to begin at Christmas. Well, really, actually, the whole movie begins and revolves around Christmas. Right, because the, I thought the beginning of the movie took place, when I was watching it, I thought, oh, this is Christmas. Christmas doesn't happen for another week after this. They're, they're, they're That's true. It's celebrating. Like, like the week before Christmas. Right, it's, a, it's a week before Christmas. Well, should we talk about the first scene? We have to. We I mean, I, I like I said, I really think yeah. that we have to talk about every single right. problem with this. Movie. I'll give a, a little bit of background, and then we'll talk about that one. Because right. th this background, I think, is important to understand why this movie looks like it does. Right. That at the time, Universal was in financial straits and needed money. Mm -hmm. So they said, uh, well, let's, let's make another Jaws movie. Even though Jaws 3 did not make very much money at all mm -hmm. they were like let's get a hit on our hands now well while the production of the other three films in the series took around two years all told from pre-production to jaws the revenge was made in less than nine months whoa and uh i think that shows the writer of the movie also had only ever really done tv movies oh and the director of the movie joseph Sargent, who actually had a credible career. You said he was actually a, a better career. Yeah. Was it post this? But no, 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 not post this movie. This was, Jaws Four was the last movie he ever. Oh really? For a, a for a period for of time. for film. No, in, in theaters, all of his movies after that were TV movies. Oh okay. Including a movie called Warm Springs, which I really really like. But he he directed uh, the Taking of Pelham, one, one two, two three, three or something. Also starring uh, an actor who would appear in this. Who? Mr. Michael Caine. Oh, you're right. I haven't I haven't seen taking a Pelham. 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 So yeah, okay. So so basically the behind the scenes things were not working well because no. so it was cheaply made for you the had wrong. Had a studio in sort of dire straits needing right. a hit, and also probably then therefore limiting the amount of time they could let the filmmakers actually make their movie. Right. Now let's go through it. I mean, I mean, I think that's enough background anyone needs to yeah. know. Let's get into it. The movie's been out for over 40 years. Yeah. At this point. What, what have you been doing? Right. <laughs> you haven't... Wait a minute. This is... When did this movie come out? 87? Right? 1987. It's 2021. What have you been doing with your time? <laughs> All right. So the beginning of the movie opens like almost every Jaws movie does, which is there's some underwater POV right. of the shark or what we are what we, assuming is right. the shark. Even though its eyes are like basically on the... The yeah. POV, it feels like it's like skimming the very bottom, even though this is a massive shark. That somehow right, it's somehow to... like already found the bottom of Amity Bay. The the shot goes actually above the water. Right, it's into skimming the title the credits where it says Jaws: The Revenge. And what's so weird is I can't tell if the movie is trying to insinuate that we're actually looking at the point of view of the. Fin? Oh, interesting. <laughs> or is or is this shark actually looking above this the water? This is how little head... they knew about sharks. They thought that the fin had eyes on it. Right. <laughs> because, yeah, I, you're, you're, I hadn't thought about it, but you're right, because the, sh the, the it comes out, 
And it's actually above the water. So you can actually see it's this weird, like, I think what they're trying to be is like, oh, danger's looming because right. there's the town. But if you were looking at what we were seeing, you'd see a full shark right. out of the water, basically. Or they're saying that we don't know the shark anatomy. Right. So <laughs> we're, we're thinking that a shark's... This eye, is close enough. A shark sees with its fins, apparently. Well, then then they're in the town and it's, and it's Christmas and it doesn't work. It's stupid. No, because also it's at night and it's like raining. Yeah. So like... Nothing feels more non-Christmassy than a rainy right. beach town at night. It, it actually, you know what it reminds me of a little bit? Another Michael Caine movie where there's a rainy Christmas. Would it be Muppet Treasure? Muppet um, Treasure? No. 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 <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol. Right, Muppet Christmas Carol. And then, okay, so the, fir the, the first scene really pisses me off for a few reasons. But it begins where it cuts to this shot of an eyeball... It's like a fish eyeball, and we're supposed to think, oh... It's the shark! It's the shark, and no, it's a piece of... It's some kind of, like... It's know, Branzino. Fucking, yeah, it's Brand... She, Mrs. Brody... I'm all, cooking dinner. This is what I noticed also in this in this movie. Mrs. Brody has a fascination with Italian cooking. Yeah, she really does. Because she's making Branzino, and then later on, she comes down the stairs, and she's all in a huff, uh -huh. and she's like, oh, I'm gonna make fettuccine. Right. <laughs> and it's like, what? Is she that distraught that she's going to actually make the pasta dough? I or, mean... Or she's going to make fettuccine. Right. She's just going <laughs> to... Make a fettuccine. I'm guessing she took a box of Barilla. Alan, we know your son has been killed by a shark. Are you all right? I'm going to make fettuccine. I'm going to make fettuccine. <laughs> you know, it's like... what? But, but what's also so weird yeah. about this meal, this has always bothered me, yeah. is that she goes into the refrigerator, first very slowly. Right. So the shot, when you see the movie... Her hand is moving so slow, they actually speed the shot up so that she can open the fridge. It's Mrs. Brody and her youngest, youngest son, son, Sean, who's still all, gr he's all grown up at this point right. and working as the deputy of Amity. Where his father, Martin Brody, had been the chief. Now, I'm going to pause here, and, and this is my, this really makes me angry. This, this is the first part of the movie that makes me really angry. Also, keep in mind, we're like, what, a minute and a half into this? <laughs> right, this and we're already right, really we, angry. By, by this point, we haven't actually seen anyone's faces. Right, that's true. It begins and you hear... Very clearly ADR. ADR. But I also want to talk about the awful conversations that they're having. Yeah. But we find out that Martin Brody, who was played by um, Roy Scheider... The great Roy In the Scheider. first two films, mm -hmm. he has died of a heart attack. And This we find out later, though. This we find out later. But... I have I have to get this out because right. this this makes me angry, because one of the, one of the things that that's wrong with the movie is that Mrs. Brody is not a character. She no one cares about Mrs. Brody. It's like and of all the characters that we have actually come into contact with over the three movies previously, right. did anyone ask for a Ellen Brody led right. film? Like the, the the main character was Martin Brody in the first one, and and his whole arc in the first film. Is he goes from being afraid of the water to being confident in the water. Yeah. And we find out that Martin Brody has died of a heart attack. And Mrs. Brody, who apparently has really lost her bananas some, at some <laughs> point between the second film and the third film, thinks that he died from fear of the shark. Fear of the shark. Now, I want to know at what point did he get afraid of sharks again? Was it after he blew up a shark in the first movie? Or was it after he electrocuted a shark in the second yeah. movie? At what point was he afraid when he electrocuted a great white <laughs> shark? When did this fear come about? And I, it, what's so weird is that it is never addressed again other than the fact that she says it so out of distress. Right. But 
her family never seems to question that <laughs> intention. They acknowledge that he did die of a heart attack. Right. They don't ever say, Mom, it was bad cholesterol. Mom, it was high blood pressure. No, it, they were just like, okay, Mom's right. He died from fear. You know why he died of a heart attack? Because he made all that fettuccine. <laughs> That's why he died. Every time Mom got upset, yeah. she made fettuccine. Every time you guys had a fight, Mrs. Brody, you made fettuccine and you clogged that man's arteries. <laughs> Don't blame it on the shark. On his on his death certificate said cause of death fettuccine Alfredo. But okay, let's examine the first scene because it's Mrs. Brody and Sean Brody. And I do want to point this yeah, out. It's very clearly ADR dialogue because it has that weird kind of grainy like this wasn't filmed actually on set. It has it's definitely done in a studio right. type of voice. But what has always bothered me is Mrs. Brody goes into the refrigerator and grabs Hunt's tomato sauce. Right. Why are you serving fish with tomato sauce? And also, don't get Hunt's. Hunt's is the worst brand possible. <laughs> I hate I hate Hunt's. But Well, I guess she might be making like a... I, I guess if you're making like a bacalao kind of thing. But you're right. It, it, she wasn't what it's she weird. was weird. But also, they, she's made a salad. Right. That Sean continues to keep eating out of. And she, and she, it's supposed to be like a witty banter. Yeah. Tr- like the writer is trying to show us the, the relationship between Mrs. Brody and Sean. That they're kind of playful with each other. And they're kind of goofing around. And, and, and Sean is plucking tomatoes off. And then she goes, I know what you're doing. Your father was the tomato napping king of the Northwest. I was like, what? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> The big problem with that scene that I felt was that the writer is trying very hard to establish these characters, but in a really on-the-nose way. Like, oh. It's really forced. Sean is kind of good. First of all, he went to Juilliard, that guy. Really? I mean, in his acting, wow. And and this is another problem. I was so excited for when he was going to die. Right. Because I just (laughs) wanted him off the screen. Sean is called into his office to move uh, a piece of wood that's holding up a buoy. A floater. That, oh, that's what it is. It's a floating log. And so he's called in and has to go out on the water and move this thing that's constricting the buoy from doing its job. And also, it's nighttime. Right. Can't you wait till morning? I guess the thing is, like, because the buoy is sort of, like, it's at an angle uh, where you couldn't see so. the light. And he goes out on the water. He's on the boat. He's trying to, to pull the log in, and guess what happens? A shark attacks him. But not even a normal shark attack. No. The shark bites off his arm. It, you don't see it. No, but everything is cut in such a frenzy, and right. it looks like the cameraman took the camera and just threw it into the ocean. It, it looks like they used that jar of Hunt's tomato sauce and <laughs> threw it onto his raincoat. It's so frustrating to sort of feel any kind of suspense right. or fear right. when you see the shark and you see this shark a lot right. uh, and they the don't even play the on the, the there's two ways of doing it. one is oh I, I i don't know what's gonna come or i thank you or <laughs> i know it's gonna come but i don't know when it's gonna come right they don't do either no and the other thing was when the shark jumps out i almost felt like there was a big tongue yeah it does <laughs> it does feel orca ish yeah like orca well the other thing that i noticed about this death which when the shark bites off Sean's arm, first of all, there is some of that Hunt's tomato sauce blood. Yeah, but it's it, it, it almost felt like the the, the wound was cauterized like, almost immediately. It was like it was there was blood almost on just the the clothing, yeah. but like it's washed off immediately. <laughs> so it's like, well, I guess if you lose your arm, you don't lose it, that much. The blood. shark has lightsabers for teeth <laughs> because the shark bites off, severs the arm, 
and just instantly and it's, is it's okay. Okay. The it's other done. thing that I notice is that Sean like stares at his severed shoulder. He just stares. He's just screaming at it. Yeah. Ah! Ah! <laughs> like, he, like, I don't know what the reaction is when you get your arm cut. But off, it's not that. But he just—he literally is staring at that oh, that arm like. Ah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> the shark continues to attack the boat. Sean falls off the boat, <laughs> but like the sh- the boat doesn't actually get like destroyed until after Sean's fully eaten. Right. The boat somehow so, sinks after he's fallen off. Right. So he's. He then bobs around a little bit and is like, help, help. And then it gets pulled under. There's some more blood. Um, and the other and thing is that it's not that far from shore. No. Like, <laughs> he is probably he's probably less than 30 feet away from shore. If it was like two inches. Right. He's actually in a, a kiddie waiting pool. <laughs> help, help. It, the, the idea is kind of fun. Okay, he gets his arm cut off or mm-hmm. be, bitten off. But then, like, you're right. The camera movement is so frantic. You can't really see what's happening. Because at a certain point, he's on the boat. There's a bunch of like there's hunts to rapid, sauce. Rapid fire editing. And then and, he's in the water. And you're not sure how he got there other than the fact, all right, he fell over. And also, I was so glad when he died. Because <laughs> his acting was so awful. He doesn't get any chance, really, to to shine in terms of, like, I mean, they really they clearly wrote Sean in just to die. Well, the other thing that I think is important to note is that um, Sean and Michael, his older brother, who in this movie is played by Lance Guest, Guest who uh, they're the only two characters to appear in, in all, all four, four movies. films. They're never played by the same two actors. No. So Sean dies. So Mrs. Brody is, of course, upset. Michael comes home. And oh, we should also point out, yeah. too, that Michael is now in, on his doctoral path. And working in the Bahamas studying snails. Right. He, Michael comes up from the Bahamas. Well, yeah, right. Uh, snails and I think conch. That's conch. what it is. Yeah. But he's like tagging them. Right. He's under. tagging them. Which there's nothing more exciting for a summer action film, horror film, than a guy <laughs> who's a doctoral student studying snails. <laughs> so Martin comes up there. No, no, no. No, Martin doesn't. Unfortunately. Um, uh, Michael. Michael comes up there with his wife. Uh, and Carla, daughter. Thea. Thea. Which it should be Taya. That's how I've heard... Mo- You're right. I was looking that up. It is pretty... Uh, a quick note about Carla Brody, who is Michael's wife. Right. She was on The Sopranos as a um, uh, as an FBI agent. And the actress who played... What's her name? Taya or Thea. Right. Thea. Was Judith, Judith Barcy, who had a very sad, tragic end. She was murdered by her father. But she was, she's probably most remembered. And, if you, and as soon as I heard her voice... I remember that she's the voice of Ducky from um, Land Before Time. Right. So they come up and um, they go and they console Mrs. Brody. She, well, I, I do yeah, also want to say that what made me audibly laugh out loud this time that I didn't remember before was yeah. that Thea is so happy <laughs> when she, she, she she's like, hi, Grandma. And now I, I'm guessing she's probably, what, six or seven I, years I old. And death is a weird concept when you're a little, little kid. But she is so happy yeah, to see her grandma. Did no one tell her, you know what? Don't go bouncing around grandma. Her her son was just eaten right. by a shark. You're not you're not seeing Uncle Sean ever again. Oh yeah. They go and there's the, the local townswomen. One of them is Mrs. Kittner, whose son was killed in the first film. And she was the one who publicly slapped right. Chief Brody. So apparently at some point between the first film and the fourth they, film. She got over it. They, they got over it. But Thea says something to Mrs. Kittner like Uncle Sean's dead. Is he ever coming back? <laughs> what? That was the part that I was like, wait, you went from just being like, I had a hamburger on the plane. To, I had a... <laughs> Uncle Sean's dead. 
Oh, there was another thing that kind of annoyed me with Thea earlier on, and this is this is a script thing that always irritates me in movies, and they do it quite a bit in this one, where the the writer has to get out a certain amount of information about mm-hmm. the thing. So rather than slip it in kind of seamlessly, they kind of just state it. Like in the part where Mrs. Brody gets the phone call from Michael and and Thea earlier on, Mrs. Brody answers the phone and says, hello. And then she goes, oh, Thea who? And then she goes, I know it's Thea Brody. How many grandchildren do you think I have? Yeah, it's a lazy. It's like, oh, okay. Mrs. Brody has a a grandkid and her name's Thea. (laughs) Yeah. We are coming up, though, to my, I think this might be my absolute favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Michael and Carla are talking at one point about how Sean used to play tag or something like that. And Michael is saying something about how, um, you know, oh, Sean always liked to be it. And mid-sentence, he just starts to run. And he runs away from his wife. And she goes, where are you going? And he shouts from the distance, nowhere. They're walking down. They're having this kind of heart-to-heart conversation about his... About about nothing, really. Right. I guess the movie wants us to think they're having a heart-to-heart conversation about his brother's death. And his reaction to his grief is to run. (laughs) There's no... All of a sudden... I knew it was coming to like I knew that scene was coming and I couldn't wait for it and it still got me. Right. I I laughed for two straight minutes because it's it makes absolutely no sense. Why is he running? It's almost as though the writer's like, you know what? How do I end this scene? Um, I don't know. No, well, just... Maybe we'll have some action. We'll have him walk. No, no. We'll have him jog. No, no. You know what's an even better version yeah. of jogging? Running. Running. We'll have him run. That's it. And it just, it just, it comes out of nowhere. They're walking and then he just runs. Like, where are you going? But here, here's how that scene where Michael suddenly starts to run is written in the script. Because I, I, I just wanted to see like, do, how do, how do you write a scene where someone just, just randomly get up and starts runs. to run? Okay. Michael says, he was always tagging after me when we were kids. He wanted so much to do what I was doing. Suddenly Mike, and then ellipses, suddenly Michael starts running. Carla watches him for a moment, then starts running after him. That didn't happen in the movie. No. Carla says, where are you going? Which should have been read, what are you, where are you going? What are you doing? And then Michael goes, nowhere. And then the end of the scene is, he starts running flat out, and Carla runs with him, stopping finally because he's too fast, and she can't keep pace. She watches as he works every muscle in his body, trying to exhaust himself, trying to rid himself of what he feels. You know what? That's not how the scene reads at all. It just reads... No. I just want to run away. Yeah, he's running away from his wife. <laughs> so, okay, so, yeah, that, that's one of the worst scenes. Just because it's, it's bizarre. It's the beginning of a barrage of <laughs> scenes that just get increasingly weirder and worse. And dumber. So after Ellen and Michael talk about how Sean is dead and they both oh, miss yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. first Ellen comes to the conclusion, way too easily, Sean was killed by a shark that was after him and is after all of us. Mrs. Brody has decided that because Martin had a heart attack and Sean was killed by a shark, that the shark is... Is hunting them. Is hunting Brody's. Um, So she demands, she says, my family's never going anywhere near the the water. You are going to not work anymore, Michael, because you have to stay away from all the water. And I I just have a quick question. Yeah. Can can I ask the question? Uh, You live on an island. Do you know what else is funny about that scene? She's she comes down. She screams about the fettuccine, <laughs> and she opens her her oven. She had all her pots and pans in the oven. Oh, that's right. Which I guess is the way to show that someone has lost their bananas. And then she places. throws a, the the pan down. She turns to to Michael and she says, "I don't want you in the water." 
and it cuts to him. And my first thought was, he's not in the water, he's in the dining room. <laughs> and it's like this weird, like, I was waiting for Michael to go, uh, Mom, I'm sitting I'm in... right here, I'm Mom. I'm right here, I'm not in the water. I also think that they're, the movie's not acknowledging the events of Jaws 3 in which a shark finds its way into SeaWorld and Michael and his girlfriend deal with it. Right, well, that one. the thing about that is... I don't think... I think this film just totally ignores Jaws. Right. Because, first of all, it's not called Jaws 4. It's called Jaws the Revenge. The Revenge. Michael has somehow, as a doctoral student in marine biology, I assume. Yeah. And yet, in the third one, he was a, a marine engineer. Right. Which he could have just switched over his... He, he, you don't become a doctoral student all of a sudden, and now you're studying right. marine... All right, so she she is w- very distressed, clearly, and she's saying, my whole family's not going anywhere near the ocean, which I, I also want to point out. Keep in mind that, because her thoughts on the water change with, like, scenes a part of each right. other. When we, she says, yeah. my family's not going anywhere near the ocean. Like, two scenes later, her, Thea, Carla, and Michael are all on a ferry. <laughs> And she's just sitting there playing, and then she starts to break down, and I, the movie never addresses that. <laughs> a few scenes later, she literally is walking on the sand. Right. So they they decide, they, uh, Michael Polly thinks, you know what, my mother is crazy. She thinks sharks are killing her family. She's screaming about fettuccine. Let's take her. She doesn't want to be near the water. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take her to another island. <laughs> We're never going to an island. We're going to an archipelago, right. which is a series of islands. I also want to point out, too, that a few scenes earlier, Michael says that yeah. this is in the scene when Ellen has come to the conclusion that a great white shark is after her family. Michael says there's never been a great white where we live. And I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there were two summers right. in which great white sharks killed a lot of people. So what are you talking about, The other Michael? thing is later on they say that, that sharks don't go to the Bahamas. They do, actually. I think, And this shark did. <laughs> yeah, this shark did. So now we cut to them on at the Bahamas. Right, so and they go to the Bahamas. The way they get there is by a little, a small little plane. I'm not exactly sure Puddle what you jumper. call it. I don't know what you call that. But uh, it's... A Buddy it's, Holly. <laughs> Buddy Holly Air. But it is piloted it's, it's by the one and ticket. only... The one and only Mr. Marco Kine. And Taylor, what is his character's name in this? I, I forget because they don't say it enough in this His movie. name is Hoagie. Hoagie! Which, for those of you who are from Philadelphia, know that a hoagie is a uh, sandwich, like a, like a Italian. We would call it Italian hero or, or Italian sub. Or, yeah, but, a grinders another yeah, name yeah. for it. All yeah, they're they're all names for sandwiches. They're not names for Michael Caine. Yeah, this is an Oscar-winning actor, and he's he becomes essentially Mrs. Brody's love interest. Right, and he's a pilot. But right off the right off the bat, he's trying to make the moves on Ellen, and you know the way that he does that is he lets. A distressed Ellen Brody pilot her plane. No, well, yeah, uh, for, well, that's after later but, on. But Thea says, "Can I drive the plane?" He goes, "Sure, why not?" Yeah. <laughs> and so then he goes. She goes, "How do you uh, how do you make the plane land?" He goes, "Well, first I show you. The houses get bigger." And he attempts to bonsai the rest of the Brody clan into some poor. You're gonna crop Bahamian dust the Jamaicans and the. Uh... <laughs> Well, you know what else is sort of weird about Michael Caine's character, which I don't know if it was ever actually shot, but there's these allusions to him being like a, what's that called? A, um, he's he's laundering money. Oh, that's right. And there there's a reason that Michael doesn't like him. They keep cutting back to him or talking about how much Hoagie loses at the crap tables or and then, at uh, the casino and stuff. And then later on in the movie, there's there's something where, where Michael says, so... What do you do when you're flying somewhere? And Michael Caine goes, I deliver laundry. Which oh. is a reference to 
Now in right. now they did a um, novelization of this movie, and in the novelization, one of the extra items in the story is that Hoagie is a government agent and transports laundered money, which was. A, I guess not included in the actual story because that would have made more sense. And it also would have been way more interesting. And the other thing that in the novel that's not... I don't want to use the word novel. In the book that's not (laughs) in the movie is that in the movie, it's just Ellen seems to have this idea that the shark is killing her family even though only one shark killed one family member. Right. But in the book, it turns out there's a voodoo priest who has a (laughs) grudge Against the Brodies. Which, how did how did that ever I don't occur? know. Maybe he was one of the guys who... Remember that guy in the first one who, who is like the rower? Oh, oh, hey, yeah. you yeah. guys need any help over there? <laughs> That's of the voodoo... That was priest. his son. Okay. Maybe. In the novel, the shark has been enchanted by a voodoo priest oh to God. kill the Brodies one by one. Which... Strangely makes more sense. I actually like that better. All right, so then we actually get to Michael and Carla's house, and of course, Ellen's all distressed. She's Sean in the water and blah, 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 blah. Right. But then we get to something that I absolutely loathe, and this is just a general trope. Is it the that part I where she's full on, on the rope? And Mrs. Brody has a Oh, no, no, no. That's pretty funny, too. So Thea runs out onto the dock, and she's like, Mommy, look at me swinging. And there's like a rope that's hanging off the water. And they can kind of jump into it. And Ellen's like, Thea, get off there! Thea! (laughs) Mrs. Brody goes ape. She goes... (laughs) Don't feel that rope! She has no chill in this movie. What's the trope that you hate? So, in case you were aware, all great shark attack movies need to have... Not one, but two dream sequences. <laughs> so, all right. So the scene opens and Ellen is swimming. And you're like, wait, what? What happened to that no water rule? And then out of nowhere, you know, you get the POV shot underneath her of the, you hear the da 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 And then she starts to bleed and it gets all blurry and crazy and she's screaming. Ah, and then she wakes up and she's all sweaty and it's like, oh, oh God, it was just a dream. I absolutely hate dream sequences especially in horror movies because it's just a way to manufacture fake tension right and also we don't really even see anything we just no see... she just see you see her arms and her legs kind of and then she wakes up the and thea's like grandma you okay and i just was thinking like what going through thea's mind she sees her grandma waking up out of breath sweating she's grandma's fine <laughs> grandma's okay grandma were you dreaming about grandpa <laughs> <laughs> I need some fettuccine. Yeah. It's pointless. That one particularly, I think we kind of, there is a sort of dreamy quality of it. And I felt like, oh, is this going to be a dream? You also don't want that. A good dream sequence is where you don't realize it's a dream sequence. Right. And it's it's one of those things, too, where it's just so careless because I'm pretty sure the scene before that is just the one where she's yelling at Thea about being on the rope. Get off that rope! And and then it just immediately cuts to her in a bathing suit swimming. And it's like, (laughs) wait, hold on. What happened to that note? It just doesn't make any sense. Another one happens later in the movie when Michael is first attacked by the shark and he's out with his friend Jake. Is this after he porks his wife and she throws her underwear in his face? (laughs) Yes, that is. (laughs) We also haven't even gotten to the character that arguably saved the whole movie which is there's there's two characters who i like in this movie right 
But but yeah, there, there's that dream sequence with Michael where and what's what's, what, so what's fl- in that? I don't. I'm, I'm the only thing that's in that is literally just flashback moments of the shark jumping out of the water and scaring him, right. which had happened like ten minutes before right. that. So it's like he's dreaming about something that happened earlier in the day. I mean, I suppose that makes look sense. if a big rubber shark with the fakest looking teeth jumped out of the water at me, maybe I'd have a nightmare about maybe. it. Maybe, but I mean, I but, can't guarantee. But it. we also don't need to see that. And we get we get the idea. Actually, it's kind of funny. They're doing a flashback to something that was two minutes ago, which is sort of it's like, like in Clark in Clark's in the, the animated series. Yeah. It's like, do you remember when we did that? The second episode of Clark's animated series is a flashback to what happened in the first episode, which is funny in that context. And this right. is stupid. <laughs> remember, that there's a part where Thea's like, "I want you to come to Jamaica," and, and, and Mrs. Brody goes, uh, "I can't," and Thea goes, "Yes," and then Mrs. Brody a few minutes later goes. Yes, that's one of those moments that's like, there's a lot of it, this. Yeah, it, it's weird. But w- what comes next? Well, next, do we get to the character? We have to. We have to mention the great Mario Van Peebles. As Who I always thought was pronounced Mario Van Peebles. Your body and mouth want to say people. So Mario Van Peebles. No, no. Now we're doing it wrong. <laughs> Mario Van Peebles. Right. Plays. Hey, Michael! Right. He plays a the Jamaican sidekick of Michael. Who's also... Who's a, also he's, he's on the doctoral track with Michael. Right. And they're working together on this barge ship that is studying the conch and the snails. And, and he has the thickest Jamaican accent I've ever heard. Because the way you know he's Jamaican is he says mon at the end of every <laughs> sentence. The writer thought, you know what? How am I going to convey to the audience that this guy is Jamaican? Let me see. Okay, I'm going to give him... Dre- they're not dreadlocks, but they're like mini dreadlocks. Yeah. I'm going to make him have dreadlocks and I'm make him say mon at the end of every sentence. Brilliant! <laughs> and he is sort of the goofy... I wouldn't even say comic re- I mean, he is comic, comic relief, relief in a way. But in some ways, he's also on par with Michael because he gets a lot of screen time, too. Well, this is one of the other problems with this movie is who is the main character? I suppose it's Ellen Brody. But Ellen Brody doesn't want anything. Oh, that's true. Ellen Brody doesn't do anything other than act like a nut. Right. <laughs> the only one who's actually proactively searching for the shark is actually Michael. I guess Mrs. Brody is searching for Michael Caine's shark. Which is in his <laughs> pants. But the, Michael is really the one who's sort of searching for the shark. That's another problem with the whole movie. That there's no character who we're really rooting for to accomplish anything. Right. Because, you know, who cares? No. <laughs> and that's part of the reason why making Ellen Brody the main character doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. In, in, in told, the previous two movies, we had only spent, what, maybe collectively she was, 30 minutes? She, she's only in the first half. Of Jaws 1, because the second half, they go out to the ocean. It's just right. the three guys. The second movie, she has more to do. Well, this is also important to note, is that Lorraine Gary, who played Mrs. Brody, was married to Sid Sheinberg, who was the, who was the president, president right? of Universal. And then the at, third at film... At the time. Yeah, at the time. And he is the one who who wanted Jaws 4 because he was the head of a, of a company that was running out of money. Yeah. And she said, thought, Let's, pull my wife But something. you're right, there's no reason... First of all, there's no reason that the kids should have become main characters in the third film. Right. Because in the third film, Mrs. there's no... Char- there's no Mrs. Brody, there's no, there's Mrs. no Mr. Brody. Uh, Roy Scheider hated being in Jaws 2. He didn't want to be in Jaws 3. And he and he said that the only way he was going to appear in Jaws 4 was if he was... He, originally, he was the one who was killed in the opening of Jaws 4. Mm-hmm. But I guess they, he was like, you know what? 
I was in the French Connection. Yeah, I'm not I'm doing this. I'm not doing this. But one of the problems with this movie is that there is no main character, really. And so, well, Mario Van Peebles, though, and Michael Caine, I would say, collectively, they yeah. end they're, up stealing the show. They're fun. I actually think Karen Young, who plays Carla, is actually a good actress also she's not given much to do that's the problem too she is i think she tries her hardest with what they, she can do but they give her a lot of weird like sexual stuff with mrs brody but she also i mean she also does a lot of sex herself no, because she, her and michael get it on she's getting at that, one point she's work. she's an artist in the movie and so she's been commissioned to make this shark sculpture yeah, i'm trying to think or, what do you call sculpture this abstract well, well sculpture. right this abstract sculpture made of metal right and she at one point has a um, blowtorch which, which she uses to seduce michael with. and that was that part made me laugh too because i was like i was like so ew because she <laughs> he goes he, michael says um you know uh i've always wanted to make love to an angry uh <laughs> welder and i was like ew what and then what's even weirder about that is the fact that they do have uh, coitus and right. the coitus interruptus. <laughs> coitus inter- <laughs> but the door that to the, her workshop is literally kept wide right, open. They do the deed in, a, in, an, in an open garage while Where she holds a blowtorch. people are walking by, like literally. But the other thing with the thing that she's made, that art piece, right? Which, by the way, how horrible does that look? Yeah, it's she, so weird. It's looking. supposed to look like the sh- the jaws of a shark, and at one point, Mrs. Brody walks into the garage, and she looks through the barrel, and of she it reacts and like it's. A, 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 but I didn't really think it looked that much like a like a shark. It's one of those like um, Rorschach things, I guess, where you see you could what you want. Yeah, see. there's one part I want to make mention of that I think really crazy, and this might be skipping a moment, but mm-hmm. there's a part where Mrs. Brody and Thea are on the beach, and Mrs. Brody is building a sandcastle. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. And she's talking about... They're, they're like, playing pretend, and it's like, yeah. oh, we can build a, a castle with grand walls and, and a golden she, carriage. He is obsessed with tea time. Right. And it's this very weird... It's, again, this awkward... This attempt at natural dialogue of them, like, just sort of being a grandmother and granddaughter playing pretend. It doesn't sound natural at all. No. Mrs. Brody is digging, like, a trench or something into the water. Uh-huh. The moment she steps into the water, she senses the shark. Yeah, she... She... she, <laughs> she, she the moment her feet touch the water, but, she knows the shark is coming. But this happens... This becomes, like, a running thing throughout the remainder of the movie. Like, anytime she's even remotely near some kind of water, she does, like, a quick, like, it's, look to the, the water. It's her spider sense, but for sharks. Right. <laughs> she has sharky sense. It it really is, and it's so weird because they do they they almost have like the you know how in Halloween they have the Michael Myers the like right, right. whenever it's he's kind of or in, in the Jaws distance. they had the oh that's dun, true dun, dun. but in this it's just she steps into the water and she her head zooms and she looks and she's out. like oh and also she's wearing the ugliest pair of sunglasses I've ever seen in my life. There's really bad costuming. In- look, I have pretty bad eyesight. I really have bad eyesight, and I can't see it when I when I go outside, even in the dark. My eyes, I, I squint, so I need to have good sunglasses. These are like square, these huge. It looks like she had cataracts done. <laughs> these huge cataract sunglasses. They're like they're like crappy airport glasses. Yeah, it's one like you f- go to the airport, you forgot. Actually, kind of reminded me of at Disney World the PhilharMagic. Mrs. Brody's wearing these big 3D glasses. <laughs> I was like, what, the, what are you doing? And so, all right. So Hoagie also is starting to sort of put the moves more on 
Ellen and trying to get her to, you know, oh, come fly with me again. And then he lets a distressed, again, a crazy <laughs> Ellen Brody try to fly the plane. And he just puts his, he crosses his hands and he goes, no, you're going to have to do it. We're going to crash this plane. And there's a really weird sequence that I didn't notice before. Yeah. There's a New Year's party at the casino that Hoagie goes to now, a lot. I, I forgot that the actress who plays Marvin Peebles, <laughs> girlfriend, is Lynn Whitfield. Why is that name familiar? Because she's she's a very well-known actress. She was in... Um, oh, gosh. She she was in... Uh, I know she was in Doctor Detroit. Oh, okay. She one of the... Uh, but you, you, you know Lynn Whit- Whitfield. She was in... Um, Medea's family reunion. <laughs> she was in. Uh, you, you've definitely seen her before. I know. I know. I I know the name. Oh, yeah, she she's things. really a, a major actress. So Hoagie and Ellen are dancing, Hoagie. and they're dancing, and Michael just gets up from his wife as she's trying to talk to him about like, oh, I don't know, what do you you want to go dance? And he just gets up and cuts in and says, "Mind if I dance with the lady?" And it's this weird like, what's even more fascinating about that is the fact that Ellen then says to him as they're dancing together, she says, I can't my life ever be run by an obsession. I can't, I can't keep on believing that the accident was intentional. Right. Yet the rest of the movie (laughs) continues to happen. And also when did she come to to this realization? Well, there's that whole part happened off. There's that whole part where they're at that Junkaroo. uh, Oh, thing kind of festival festival where (laughs) it's another example of, Michael Caine is saying to her, you know what, you have to get over this, you have to move on. And her reaction to that is to dance. Right. <laughs> where her son runs. The Brodies must have some weird ways of dealing with trauma. They have very and... strange fight-or-flight complex right. responses. Like, it'd be like me sitting you down and be like, you have to deal with this right. really tough situation. And you being like, you know what, instead, I'm going to knit. I'm going to bake some brownies. <laughs> so I think we have to move to the part... We, we do have to get to my second favorite scene yeah. in the Is whole Is this the movie. part with the banana boat? Yes. Yeah. So Thea talks a lot about, she's like, Grandma, will you go on the banana boat with me? Or she says, Mom, <laughs> can I go on the banana boat? She really wants to get on this banana boat. And it doesn't go well for, for Thea in this scene. Right. Because as Carla is talking about her artwork at the big unveiling of it in town, the shark pops out of the out of the water. And again, I would like to keep stressing that this shark spends more time out of the water. Right. This shark basically is windsurfing <laughs> across the top cuz it, it is and this happens throughout the rest of the film at, at this point where in real life sharks some of them are capable of jumping, I know, into the air. But this shark is basically like it's skidding. Yeah, it's basically on its tummy just like It's a skidding stone. Just like and then the shark jumps the out shark of the water. And it eats uh, the last passenger on the banana boat. So it just barely misses Thea and her friend and the friend's mom. But the best part of the scene comes from Carla, who we mentioned was pretty good actress. Right. This scene, she was she goes way over the top. Because they're present, cause this is the point where they're presenting her award, her, 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 um, her art. And the, the... the mayor who goes, it's better in the Bahamas. That's right. actually Melvin Van Peebles, Mario's father. father. Mrs. Brody, of course, with her big stupid glasses on, her big stupid hat, <laughs> is is watching, you know, Thea they're, goes they're out on the, boat. on the banana boat. The shark bites the mom. Or... But it happens also in slow motion and it's in such a horribly long, drawn out slow right. motion that it, so the shark is, it comes towards the woman and she's like, ah! She like almost like puts her leg directly into the shark's <laughs> mouth. She steps into the shark's right. mouth. <laughs> and so Carla 
just goes way over the top. She goes, oh, oh, oh no! Yeah, she she has she jumps off the podium. And she runs to the beach, pauses, and has a three part scream. Right, it goes ah, ah, no! <laughs> and then Mrs. Brody cuts in with Thea, and then Mario Van Peebles' girlfriend goes Lynn Whitfield. No, no! So it's this weird back to back like shot yeah. of three women giving multiple take screams but they forgot to cut out the part where they were supposed to stop screaming and you have to look it up because if you you just type in jaws for banana, banana boat, boat and you can see the shark like it has like acne or rosacea or something because <laughs> i did it's like it, it just looks cheaply made honestly it almost looked like the plastic or the the mold of the shark was actually coming off right. of the the, it was, the steel the, part the, the shark was not not only later on it roars but it was actually actually shedding its skin right. And that's a point that we need to talk about, too. Yeah. So now we're basically in the last... Well, and in this last... What I would probably say is the last act. Thea's been almost attacked by the shark. Right. And Mrs. Brody becomes Sarah Connor. Right. She, without saying anything to anyone, jumps on some person's ship. I th- yeah, I don't oh, know who... Actually, it's probably it's Michael's Yeah, I think ship. it's Michael's ship. She leaves her family and runs back home to get on this boat. And she just takes off to the ocean. <laughs> And she just, she's, now she's looking for her revenge because that shark almost got her granddaughter. Now, now who is the revenge? Is now, it, is it Mrs. Brody? Is it the shark? Is it that voodoo priest who was cut out of the movie? I think it's all three. Yeah, it might be all three. You know who's, it's not, it's not the shark because a shark can't have a <laughs> Sharks don't have motives. <laughs> so Mrs. Brody gets on the boat and she, what's that called? Drives it or sails it she out? She sets sail. Now, yeah. do you know what she's going to do? What her plan is? I don't know. I mean, I guess she's going to go after that shark. But, what, but she's a she's a. I think she was a real estate agent. Re, they are intimidating, <laughs> so maybe she could convince the shark to buy a house that's too expensive. And so Michael and um, what's his name, uh, uh, Mary Van Peebles, uh, Jake finds that find out that Mrs. Brody has again lost her mind, <laughs> <laughs> and so they get into a rowboat. They're going to row out into the ocean to rescue her. But they come across Hoagie. Who's also he, in a rowboat. And he's going the opposite direction. <laughs> and he goes, uh, what do you expect to get her in that thing? Uh, Michael says, you got a better idea? And it immediately cuts to them. And they're on Hoagie's plane. In perhaps the worst green screen of the whole movie. Because it's right. so... The green sort of halo around all three of their bodies is like emanating and then they they soar over other ships hoagie waves at some girls in bikinis i think on right. one of the boats but then they finally spot michael's boat and then they crash they oh they have to land because it's however i would like to point out too that hoagie's plane is not one of those ones that's made specifically for it's not like tailspin no it's it, there's no um legs Ski on it things, to, to sort of glide it onto the Yeah, it's not the a water, water it's not a no, water plane. There <laughs> Hokie set sail with Michael and Jake to crash his ship. Right. Because there's no way that they were planning on getting that anywhere near land. <laughs> anyway, they crash the ship and the shark pops out and goes after Hoagie. And you're thinking, oh no, is Michael Caine really gonna bite the dust in it? No, he's not. Do you wanna know what is actually gonna happen? He's going to go... And he ducks into the And this cabin. is probably the most f- famous goof of the movie. Is that he gets into the... Well, he gets all wet. And he gets onto the boat. And his shirt... Is bone is dry. Bone dry. Which, I don't know if you know this, but the sea is notoriously wet. 
Well, the, I want to know what clothing he's wearing. That this is like some magic. Again, th- maybe this is a magic. That we have a magic shark. Maybe Hoagie is magic. And they get on there, and this is where things really just go downhill. I yeah, mean, it was. I mean, it was already bad. We've been down the hill already. This is where the movie really, really tanks. Because at some point in the movie, Michael and Jake had attached some kind of like a tracking, a tracking device device to the shark that sort of zaps the shark, and they zap the shark. Like two or three times, times first, but the shark, it it has vocal cords. Right. This shark is talkative. So it's a magic shark that talks. Jaws. It should have been called loquacious jaws. Because this <laughs> shark, it, it roars, which a shark can't do. No. It's jumping out of the water. I don't even know. And this is one of those moments, too, like we said, where it's like, did no one stop to think, hey, guys, can we just do a quick like uh, look at shark anatomy because... Clearly, they don't have vocal cords. Like, did, like I don't know how no one was like thinking like that's that works. Right. Probably, or maybe no one even cares. They were <laughs> just like, we just need to get this now, done. Now, the ending of Jaws Four is kind of notable in that there's two endings. In the one ending, I guess we'll have to spoil it. I mean, who cares? If you've seen any <laughs> creature movie, what do you think happens? Right. So, in the in the original ending, Jake falls into the shark's mouth. After trying to shove the shocker thing into his right. mouth. So Jake dies. And you see him in the final cut of the movie. I guess we'll call it the final cut. Right. He's in the shark's mouth. And he's bleeding as he gets right. sort of and he's, brought down into the water. Right. And as he fell, he broke the... Is that the stern or the mast? No, not the mast. The stern uh, the, or the, the bow? The, 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 the stern. Ba- yeah. Which is like you know, that big pointy... The front, at the front end thing. of the, the boat is right. now a, a it's, sharp. It's sharp. And so what does Mrs. Brody do? She has a flashback to events she didn't even witness. No. She flashed, Multiple flashbacks. Right, she flashes back to the... To Martin Brody blowing up the shark right, in the first the shark movie. shark in the first movie. But before he actually blows it up, he also she also gets a flashback to Sean in the water as he's dying that we saw at the very beginning right. of the movie where he's like, help, help! So not, so not only has Mrs. Brody's mental capacity de- deteriorated to the point where she thinks the shark is after her. She's having flashbacks to things she never even saw. Right. <laughs> and so in the original cut, Mrs. Brody, you know, she gets all Sarah Connor and she's, the, the shark is jumping out of the water because they're zapping it and it's upset. And, it, and it's, it, what is funny too is that as it's roaring, it also is kind of just like bobbing on the surface of the water. Like right. it's just kind of like, Ugh. It looks like a whale turd. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. And so in the original cut, Mrs. Brody spins the helm and impales the, the shark, shark and it just kind of and it flops around there's blood and it just kind of just the boat plummets. breaks up and they jump off that's in the original one and then the movie is over and right. mrs brody flies back home in the second in the scooby-doo ending this ending is the one that most if you've ever seen the movie on dvd or the as, second one is yes because the original when i saw jaws 4 4 for the first time i saw it on cable and they use the original ending the one where it gets stabbed it gets and it just kind of falls and the second one Mrs. Brody stabs the shark. And the shark explodes. <laughs> this, no. So this is a magic shark with vocal cords. An explosive skin. It's an exploding shark. <laughs> and if you pause, you can see that they clearly had no budget left. And no. it's literally like a mechanical toy shark that in they like just a, like a bathtub. And the shark explodes. Which, I mean, maybe there's some sort of... I don't know, something in the air in the Bahamas that lets... It's better in the Bahamas <laughs> to blow up a shark. 
And then, but yeah. what's most insulting yeah. is so after the shark explodes in this one, it cuts to the same exact shot from the original movie right. of the shark corpse plummeting into the right. ocean. But they've kind of color graded it so it looks slightly, but it's very clearly the same shot. And, it's and like, then an even more insulting thing is they all fall off the boat. And so Michael and My, Hoagie Michael and, Hoagie and uh, Ellen are all like, oh, can't believe that's over. And then you hear, sh- hey, man, hey, J- uh, hey, Michael. And it turns out that Mara Van Peoples, who, who was, was eaten by a shark, clearly bitten in the, by a shark, was bleeding out of every hole in his body. <laughs> he somehow survived. He's fine. He's actually just peach. And you know why? Because it's better in the Bahamas. <laughs> and somehow in this alternate cut, I, I, from what I gather, is that the original ending was kind of anticlimactic. Even though I think the original ending is better, it's not nearly as cheaply looking. Mm-mm. But I guess the test audience, that wasn't exciting enough. So they wanted to have another explosion. And well, and There's also, always an explosion at the end of Jaws. Almost well, always. Except for the second one. I mean, at least in the second one, when he gets electrocuted, there's like sparks and fire and stuff. Yeah. It it's exciting enough, but also when you look when you look exclusively at this movie, the events of Jaws: The Revenge, it's really boring. It's mostly talking. Yeah, there's very few like even though you see the shark a lot, there's not a lot of shark action. And also, only two people die. Right, Mrs. Uh, Sean and, and the banana boat lady. and the stunt woman, yeah, who, yeah, who <laughs> stunt was in the back of the boat, and then the movie just sort of ends. Yeah, she just Michael uh, sends Ellen back home, and that's the end of the movie. The argument is always going to be made that it shouldn't ever have been a franchise. Yeah, but at least I mean, two is objectively stupid. Two, but I think if like you look at three and four in the guilty pleasure sense of this is so bad it's good. Right, I, I think that Jaws four, like, did, like okay, Marvel and Peoples is good. Did I say that right? Peoples yeah. is good. Michael Caine is good. The actress playing um, Carla. Carla is is good, passable. It's fun to watch how stupid everyone acts and it honestly feels like an alien came to earth and wrote a screenplay right. it's also like, like it like no one acts like a human being and i mean it's also fun to watch the cheap effects and to watch mrs brody scream like and a about, right <laughs> just I, I think it's fun to watch it's not like a bad movie like there are some that are just bad that you don't want to watch again that right are not pleasurable but i think this is kind of pleasurable i think i might actually have enjoyed this last viewing of it more than i have recently because I really get to like stop and pause and sit and just think about, wait, what? I, every five minutes I kept going, that makes no sense. And also if what you're a fan of the about? Jaws, any Jaws movie, you gotta kind of, they're not that many. There's only, it's not like Police Academy. Right. Where you have to sit through, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait and, and uh, 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 Miami Beach. Yeah, and, uh, Matt McCoy through oh, those, that's right. those later ones. So uh, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go Jaws, well, I'd. Obviously. Jaws one, Jaws three, which we could do a whole other show on. I think I think three needs to be discussed Jaws at some three. point too. Jaws, I rank Jaws four. I I have to watch Jaws two again. Jaws two, I have an issue with it, which is a whole other. That might be even another episode. Other episode. But I do actually recommend Jaws four. I think that it's in my top. I'd say top five guilty pleasures because it's just so bananas. Yeah, it's it's banana boats. It's and fettuccine. It, it's the whole kitchen yeah, cabinet. It's the whole kitchen cabinet. And I think every time I go back to it, I'm going to find something new that I... Well, that's I, fun. That's the other thing. If you watch it, you can always enjoy... You can always find something that, that that's stupid 
that you can make fun of. Right. And you can do a uh, a shot. What do you call that? Uh, shots. Shots for every Yeah, you take a time. shot every time uh, someone does something stupid. You'll be blitzed by the... Which means by the time Sean gets his arm cut off, you're going to be... You're completely hammered. You're going to be hammered. <laughs> so that about does it for us here at Obscure Obsessions. Be sure to tune in to us next week anywhere that you get your podcasts. My name is Nick Sicario. And my name is Mario Van Peebles. That about does it for us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Obscure Obsessions is directed, written, and edited by Taylor and Nick Sicario and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom, Stockwaves, and Walpurnian Music for providing the score. Follow Obscure Obsessions on Facebook and Instagram, username at ObscurePodcast in all lowercase, and on Twitter, username at ObscurePod, uppercase O and uppercase P, for episode details, previews, and more.